This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for December 14th, 2020. I've been teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming, and I want you to know that. I want you to know that greater is coming for you, that God made plans for you from the foundations of the world, and that as you walk with God, as you decrease, right, as you die to self and your selfish desires, as you fill your heart with the word of God and you learn the character, the attributes, the nature of God. You read the word of God so you can get to know the God of the word and you start to think and act and walk like God in this world. Then yes, God's plans for your life will unfold right before your very eyes. Greater is coming for you. All right. So I've been teaching this series for a while and um, this is the last week of the year. So this is the, as, as far as today's word. So this is the last week that I'm teaching today's word and I want to wrap up, um, you know, the series of David. I want to wrap up other things. And I was actually going to move on from Mephibosheth, but I was led to go back to Mephibosheth this morning. And so before I close out the story of Mephibosheth, there's some things that I, I was just led to share as it relates to David, as it relates to Mephibosheth. And so I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to break up my points in today's word into two parts. So what does this mean for you today about Mephibosheth? I have a part one and a part two. I'm going to share these with you. I want you to open up your heart to receive, and then we'll close out. You ready? All right, so part one and part two. So part one deals with looking at God's goodness. The title of today's message is Responding to God's Goodness. As a born-again believer, God is good. God is a good, good father. He wants to bless us. How do we respond? We're going to look at how Mephibosheth responded, right, to the, the goodness of God, and then how David responded to the goodness of God. How do you respond to God's goodness? We'll look at it through the lens of Mephibosheth and then through the lens of David. So part one is the lens of Mephibosheth. And so from that perspective, I have a few things to share with you. Here we go. You ready? All right. Number one, everyone faces setbacks. Think about Mephibosheth and how he was born an heir to the throne. He was born you know, he was supposed to be the king, the king of Israel. And so he was born as the grandson of the king of Israel, and he experienced a tremendous setback. His father, his grandfather were killed on the same day. That same day he was maimed. He had to go live in Lodabar. So I would love to tell you that as born again believers who love God and who know that God loves you, I would love to tell you that you're not going to face setbacks. But the truth is you will. As believers, we all face setbacks. If I told you that once you're born again, once you're Christian, everything is going to be easy, I would be lying. So as a matter of fact, not only are things not always going to turn out the way that you want it, not only are things not always going to turn out the way that you expected them to, things are going to take longer than you want it, right? This series is about faith and patience. But sometimes while you're going through all of that setbacks and challenges and issues, God will let you know that you're right in the center of his will, that he's actually not punishing you, but he's preparing you for your purpose. So the fact that you're facing a setback or facing a challenge is not an indicator, automatic indicator anyway, that you are outside of the will of God. 
It could be an indicator that you're right smack dab in the center of God's will. And all of the challenges that you're facing is because of the purpose. The attack is against the assignment. You got it? All right. So number two, God can turn. We serve a God who can turn a setback <laughs> into a setup for a comeback, right? And so so we serve a God who could take your setback and use it to set you up for what's next. And so in, in the case of Mephibosheth, that's exactly what happened because I believe this is not, I mean, obviously we have no way of knowing David's mind, but I believe that if Mephibosheth were able-bodied and he found out, hey, David said, hey, is there anybody left from the house of Saul so that I could show kindness to them? If, if they would have said, oh yeah, Mephibosheth is over there. He's the son of Jonathan. I believe that David would have still blessed him. Maybe even given him Saul's land and the money and the servants and all of that. But I don't believe that David would have allowed him to eat all his meals at the king's table. You know what that was about? That was about, dog, this guy, he, he had a, a rough go at it, right? I mean, so now he's crippled. Let me cover his weaknesses. Let me restore his self-esteem. I'm saying that sometimes things that happen to you that were bad things, because bad things do happen to good people, God can take those things and then use it to set you up for what's next. Now, God didn't cause the bad thing, but he can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for your good. In this case, that's exactly what happened. Because he was crippled, David went out of his way to bless him even more. Say amen to that. Uh, number three. This is a key point. I've shared this actually many times, but this, this point here, I really want you to internalize this. If it doesn't look like you're winning, then the battle's not over. Let me say that again. If it doesn't look like you are winning, you're coming out on top. Oh, Brother Pena, you just don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. Okay, fine. But if it doesn't look like you're winning, then it's obviously not over. The only way you can lose is if you quit. Your job is to keep going. Your job is to never give up, never cave in, never quit. Mephibosheth thought his life was pretty much, that's it, it's over. He didn't have any hope, but God had hope. We serve a God who tirelessly pursues us and then wants to bless us. Listen, don't give up. The enemy knows that the only way, okay, let me say it this way. The devil can't stop you. I hope you know that, right? If you're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, covered by the blood of Jesus, the devil cannot stop you. But what the devil could do is try to get you frustrated to the point where you stop you, where you give up, you cave in and you quit. And if you do give up, then the devil didn't stop you. You stopped yourself. And so as a believer, if it doesn't look like you're winning, then don't give up. Keep going. Eventually, I promise you that eventually in the fullness of time, your breakthrough will come. Now, you can quit and, and say, forget it and walk away and take the L, but you took the L because you quit. If you keep going, it's only a matter of time before you experience a breakthrough. So never give up. If Mephibosheth is anything, he's an example that greater is coming. He's an example that, listen, God has plans for us that are better than our plans. Keep going. Number four, God can bless you. These last two points on Mephibosheth are, are critical. God can bless you because of something that someone else did for you. Let me explain this. And so Mephibosheth did nothing to earn or deserve the blessing. He didn't even release his faith, nothing. The blessing came to Mephibosheth because of Jonathan, right? So he was blessed by grace. He was blessed by mercy. He was blessed by favor. And I'm saying that sometimes God will have someone else stand in the gap, intercede, pray for you, go out of their way to bless you. And sometimes you're going to receive a blessing and it has nothing to do 
with what you did. It has everything to do with what someone else did for you. And in those moments when God wants to bless you, just because God wants to bless you, I've seen Christians do this and please don't do this. I've seen Christians fight against it, reject it. No, I, no, I'm good. Listen, stop. You need to learn how to receive. You keep sowing and sowing. And so you know how to give. You also have to learn how to receive. This is something I had to learn how to do. I had to learn how to stop fighting the goodness of God and simply receive. Number five, and finally, from this part one, our God is a God of legacy. Now, this last point is critical. Mephibosheth had to open up his heart to the legacy that was established because of Jonathan, his father. See, God was looking to bless Mephibosheth because of Jonathan. In other words, God was working something in Jonathan that was going to outlive Jonathan. So, so here's the point. There are some things that God is doing for you right now that you didn't do anything for, that it was something that your mother sowed seed for, your grandmother sowed seed for, the people that went before you. There, You are reaping a harvest on seeds that they were able to sow. And watch this, even if they're no longer here, Jonathan was dead and gone. Saul was dead and gone. And so watch this, the blessing outlives the person. And so you got people, and this is a, this is good news for us too, because we're sowing seeds that we want our children to reap a harvest on, right? And, and watch this, even when you're not here, the seed is still in the ground and God is the Lord of the harvest. And so the seed is still working. Remember when um, Jesus talked about the parable about how this is how the kingdom is like, and this man sowed seed in the ground. And so he can't see that it's working, but even when it doesn't look like God is working, God is working. And so the man, he goes to sleep. And while he's sleeping, the seed is still working. And the seed, although it's under the ground and he can't see it, the seed is still working. And he doesn't know how it happens, but boom, here comes the harvest and the harvest comes and the man doesn't have to have a degree in agriculture. He just sows the seed and the seed is always working. I'm saying, look at me, you have sown seeds and those seeds will outlive you. And, and there are things that you are sowing now that you may not see a harvest on, but rest assured that our Lord is the Lord of the harvest and he will, he will see to it that you your bloodline receives a, a harvest on every seed sown. Now, let me apply it to you. That means that you are also receiving a harvest on seeds that were sown before you. And so open up your heart. Don't fight against it. Like Mephibosheth did, he, need to he needed to learn how to receive from a harvest that, that was pre prepared for him by his father. I'm saying that there's some things that God has done for me that God revealed to me that I did it because of your mother. I did it because of your grandmother. I did it because of the people that have gone before you. We serve a God of legacy. Open up your heart to receive from God. Don't fight against it and your seed will outlive you. Say amen to that. All right. Part two. All right. <laughs> that was a part one and a part two. So now we're going to look at everything from the lens of David. Um, and so let me kind of summarize this. So when I got to this point, what I saw was this. What I saw was how David, just a few chapters earlier, when he realized how blessed he was, he said, okay, now I want to bless the Lord right? I want to bless the Lord. So he went out and he gave the Lord offering. He gave the Lord sacrifice. He gave the Lord worship. He danced. Matter of fact, he danced so much that his wife got mad at him and said, you know, you're looking like a commoner. He put on an ephod. He danced out of his clothes. He gave God worship. He And he said, listen to his wife. I don't care if you don't like the way that I praise. You don't know what I've been through. And I will get even more undignified than this, right? So he gave God the glory. And now fast forward after he's blessed, after he gave God the glory, after he was a blessing to the Lord, now he says, now let me go be a blessing to someone else. So this is what, what the point of, of what I'm going to say in this part too, is that 
Jesus said, when Jesus was asked, well, master, what is the greatest commandment in the law? The law of Moses. And Jesus said, well, listen, you're supposed to love the Lord your God. All the law and the prophets, everything that's in the 10 commandments, the 600 plus laws of Leviticus and everything that the prophets wrote, all of that Old Testament stuff can be summed up in two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Number two, the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Basically, Jesus was saying everything, the whole Bible can be summed up in this, loving God and loving man. As a believer, yes, David got to the point where he was blessed. He said, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to be a blessing to God. And then he said, you know what? I love God too much to only be a blessing to him. Now I got to seek to be a blessing to other people. So here's the progression that I, I must share with you. 10 quick things and then I'll close. Here's the progression. All right. Number one, the Lord made plans for you from the foundations of the world, right? Number two, he planned to bless you by grace and love, not because you did anything. Number three, then you were introduced to God through the preaching of the gospel. Number four, when you responded to the gospel, you got saved, right? Number five, once you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Now, this is where it gets interesting. The Holy Spirit starts to reveal to you things that were prepared for you, but concealed from you. You got it? All right, number six, you start to believe those things. Oh my God, I'm, I'm starting to believe and receive the things that God planned for me, prepared for me. I didn't know that God wanted to do this in my life. Whoa, this is amazing, all right? Number seven, as you pursue God's plans, God's purposes, and you die to self, and you die to selfishness, now it's like, boom, the power of God, the grace of God, the favor of God is revealed in your life. Number eight, at this point, you're like, I can't do anything but give God praise. You start to worship and praise and give glory to God. Number nine, you're like, okay, now that I've gave the Lord praise and I bless God and I thank God for what he's done, I can't just stop there. I got I got the blessing has come to me. So now the blessing has come, has to come through me. So number 10, as I close, David was like, you know what? David didn't know John from the New Testament, but John from the New Testament said it this way. How can you say that you love a God that you cannot see when you don't express that love to people that you see every day? David was like, no, I'm not, I'm not just going to limit my thanks and my blessing to the Lord. I want to be a blessing to other people. And so he went out of his way to be a blessing to Mephibosheth. So how do you respond to the goodness of God? Well, first of all, you, you bless God and then you seek to be a blessing to other people. You cannot tell me that you love a God that you cannot see, but you can't love the people that you see every day. Come on, that's not, that's not Bible. So as a believer, how do you respond? Mephibosheth, you respond by receiving. David, you respond by giving God praise and then seeking to be a blessing to other people. That's how you respond to God's goodness. So let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I thank you for making plans for me from the foundations of the world. I thank you, Father, for sending people to me to preach the gospel. I accepted Jesus, your son, as my savior and my Lord. You filled me with your spirit. Your spirit inside of me is revealing to me things that you prepared for me, but were concealed from me. Now that I can see it, I believe it, I receive it. I embrace it. I know I'm blessed and I give you glory for it. But I don't just seek to bless you. I seek to be a blessing to other people 
on a daily basis. So Father, I enter into this day knowing that greater is coming for me. And I will then use that greater to be a blessing to others. Living this way, I will leave a legacy that outlives me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and sign up and get the messages. They're going to be a blessing to you. Go into this day knowing that God is on you and in you and with you and for you. God wants to bless you and you should respond. How do you respond? By receiving it, by giving God glory, and then seeking to be a blessing to other people. If this message has been a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat. I read all the comments and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. God bless you. I will see you tomorrow morning.